Blog Talk Radio. For all the news you need to know, welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. want to say happy Tuesday to you guys out there. Um, I hope you had a phenomenal day. Hope that this week is kicking off on a great and a positive note for you guys. If you didn't know, the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show is brought to you by Vibration Radio. That means you're listening to a show that's being broadcast globally. So big shouts out to our friends and supporters at Vibration Radio. Um, also to our friends and supporters at Ambient Records, who is one of our sponsors um, in Kansas City. Uh, with the CEO, Stephen Jerome Ferguson, is over there doing a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. So if you are a artist, music artist, poet, and you want to record some awesome music he is the man to get in contact with him and you guys can check him out at ambientrecords.com also on facebook and uh, we're all supported by the shop in marrero louisiana so if you're ever in marrero louisiana um go on over to 3609 west bank avenue um and tell them d-fly sent you their way but nevertheless, folks, we got another great show. We got another great guest um, lined up for you guys. Um, and tonight, we are going to be welcoming um, our special guest. I'm going to try not to mess up his name. Oclave uh, Sebastian. Uh, he's on, you guys. He is a speaker, influencer, uh, emotional distributor, and an author. Um, so tonight, he's going to come on, and he's going to talk about his book entitled Memoirs of a hopeful romantic. Um, and I tell you guys, uh, I am truly excited um, about um, having him on the show this evening uh, so that we may talk about this awesome book. You know, guys know how much I love um, talking about relationships, romance, and, and all those things put in together and just love and, and affirmations all together. And so tonight he is going to be joining us. And uh, so if you're out there, you may have a question or a comment for him, uh, feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. So we're not going to delay. We're going to bring the gentleman of the hour on here. Uh, Mr. Sebastian, you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? I am doing great. Say your first name for me. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to destroy it. <laughs> nah, it's fun. It's fun. I always like hearing unique ways of everybody has their own ways. So I'm pronounced Olivet. Olivet. See, yeah. it's very simplistic when you say it. Like I was over here. Nah, like, you got it. Nah, you brain. got it right on the first shot. I was like, how she? 
now. You got it right on the first shot just now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Awesome. 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 Well, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. I'm blessed. I appreciate it. I really do. Absolutely. And so for the folks out here, uh, this may be their first time hearing you and all those great avenues. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, um, born and raised, uh, wrote poetry um, as a teenager and, you know, really just shot away from it. And then, um, you know, I had this experience with somebody and I was like, oh, I got to find a way to, you know, put it, put it in the words and put it out there. And that's kind of what came to fruition of the book. But, you know, just a young dude, African-American male, simple, like I, that's the best way I could describe myself. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so, you know, um, Olave, like one of the one of the the, the struggles that I think, or mis- I'm going to say, uh, misconceptions that people have about specifically about African American men is that they don't like to talk about relationships and, and romance and and love and and all of those avenues. And so, uh, why do you think people get that misconception? Or, you know, is that something that is true? Or, you know, is it hard for African-American men specifically um, to talk about love, romance, and and all those different realms? I would definitely say it's a misconception, especially when you think about, like, R&B songs that are written out with them. Right. Um, That's definitely, like, a side of that. And then, um, you know, even even like the barbershop, you know, there's a lot of places right. where I feel like we do speak and we do have those avenues and those venues. But I think um, the issue is because, I guess, you know, our upbringing, you know, we're told to internalize a lot. So we don't really find means to have those outlets to talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and so, oh, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm listening. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, for you, uh, what was one of the things that definitely um, encouraged you um, to speak on on this subject? I know you speak on um, a a lot of different things. And so uh, one of the things that um, you work on is is teaching men, uh, it says teaching men of color um, that the walls around their heart can be slowly removed by having open and you know open mindset when it comes to love and so forth, why do you think? Uh, because even in, in conversations uh, with a lot of men, some men are not you know um, always sure about getting into those serious relationships or those commitments or how do they feel? Do you think that most men have this idea in their head based off of just cultural wise? Is it you know something that culturally we just don't talk about? I think I think I definitely think it's culturally. I also think it's just upbringing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of us, our upbringing is, is is the same. You know, urban right. communities. Um, you know, in poverty, uh, at risk. All all of those things that you know are aligned with, uh, I guess, the the negative nuances. Just growing up in the hood, pretty much. So um, right. There's this preconceived notion that you know because you're from there, you always have to show that side more than anything else. Because, you know, vulnerability, you know, has been taught to us that it's it's a weakness. You know what I mean? You, you, you'd you come off as soft or timid and people take advantage of that. And I think that's that's part of the reason why we shy away from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where did the conversation about um, 
you know, relationships, love and romance, where did that foundation um, start for you? Who were um, some people that were, you know, instrumental in your life? You know, just having those open, you know, honest conversations about those subjects. I think, honestly, for me, one, uh, definitely my dad. Like, I feel like even though I don't go to him as much, he always was like, you know, if you need to talk mm-hmm. to me about anything, you can. Just knowing that right. that was available. But I have, I'm fortunate, um, really a lot of my friends, too, a lot of relationships that I've um, I've been in as well as relationships that I've observed and, like, the people that's been around me and just really picking up from that and just, I think, understanding me like learning like you know why did this relationship work why is it still working why did it not work and having those discussions around things and building that communication because I feel like um like for me one thing I came to realization to the realization was that I don't like working in groups but Mm, I know except the fact that I like that you learn the most when you're around other people because when you're looking at something you're just getting your own perspective Mm-hmm. But if you're around other people, you get to enhance perspectives. So if you talk about the concept of love, like, yeah, you're going to get tons of perspectives from people. But if you only have a concept of it for yourself based off of what you've observed and what you've experienced, then, you know, it's it's going to be difficult for you to kind of seek love from somebody else if it's not really synonymous with, you know, what they have in mind. And that's where you have right. to compromise, and that's where the communication becomes important. Absolutely, absolutely, and oftentimes, uh, I was like, we, I think that people also get a get a sense of, you know, how they feel when it comes comes to love and romance, um, based off, especially if you're if you're just coming off the cusp um, of a breakup, uh, and, and breakups have a way of definitely changing uh, our perspective and our thoughts on what we really think you know, love and romance and affection and all of those things are about. And so um, in your experience for you, um, having to talk to people when it comes to dealing with those those breakups, do do breakups really affect the way people view um, future relationships and, and romance and the word love um, in general? That's, that's an absolute yes. I feel like... Yeah. Um, when people get out of relationships, and I was actually just having this talk with a friend of mine, and, um, you know, one of the things that we had discussed was kind of like the fear of, like, what happens when you get into your next relationship mm-hmm. because you don't mm-hmm. want to bring, you know, those nuances from the previous relationship that caused it not to work into a, into a, a brand-new relationship that you're you're looking forward to, to working. Um, and I feel like a lot of times that happens. Like you can take the good or bad qualities out of a relationship and bring it into a new relationship, and it could throw things completely off too. Because um, right. you don't prevent the relationship from being sustainable. And I feel like um, that's like that's like a human thing. Like we don't, we're not really mindful of that. We just think relationship, and we just go back into you know the last relationship we had, and we just kind of. Absolutely. I don't want to say fixate, but we we become kind of like. Um, we think like this is the ideal of what a relationship is. So you look at where things left off at, and then you think of, okay, if I did this, if, 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 and then hoping that, you know, and all those ifs, things would come to fruition with what you're involved in right now. And I think that's, that's kind of bad because you're dwelling on like the past to be part of your present. Absolutely. Absolutely. When it comes to heartbreak and, and, and speaking of males specifically, um, why do you think that people, because I've had, you know, a number of, of girlfriends um, talk about this, that men seem to get over heartbreaks 
easier and quicker than women. What do you think about that? Do you, do you think that is so? Or do you think there are some men who who definitely take it hard as well? Like I said earlier, that's why we have R&B songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no real coincidence. I, yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because, like, when you think about, like, a lot of R&B artists and you, um, a lot of, like, men who, who listen to music in general, like, you'll seldomly, mm-hmm. like, hear them playing any R&B songs, like, for the vast majority of us. But True. I'm pretty sure everybody has, like, those one or two songs that they that they listen to. Um, I used to teach, and I used to make this joke that um, that guys all cry to Drake songs, right? I think there's a song called, like, <laughs> Girls Love Beyonce. So I was like, if Girls Love Beyonce, they have, you know, then guys cry to Drake. And um, I actually wrote a poem called Guys Cry to Drake in the book. And so um, I mentioned it to a student, and, um, you know, as a joke, as an assignment, because I wanted them to analyze lyrics and music. So as an assignment, right. you know, I kind of use that as like kind of like a pull to make them listen because a lot of them were Drake fans. And I was saying, you know, it's kind of funny how like, you know, he gets a lot of clout. He gets a lot of shade rather <laughs> for um, putting out like these songs. But at the same time, it's like if you listen to the lyrics, they actually said true. So one of the young men, I'll never forget, he's in a back of the classroom sitting right in front of me. And um, he raises his hand. He's like, you know, Mr. O, whenever I have like, you know, issues or like breakups, I like to listen to Marvin's Room. And, like, the class went solid, like, looked at him. And it was hilarious <laughs> for me, though, because, one, I didn't expect the boy to say anything. I didn't expect anybody to say anything because it was just a blinking. It was just a straight statement. Right. Like, um, it wasn't, like, a question. He just threw it out there. And, like, I'm in the front of the classroom, and I kid you not, you could see probably, like, five or so other boys in the room nodding their head. Wow. So it's, wow. It's, I think it's also, like, um, I think it's also, like, a sign of the times as well um, in terms of, like, men being willing to talk about it. Because, you know, we talk a lot about um, the, the lack of black male presence. Positive right, male images. right. So now you're seeing a lot more images and hearing a lot more stories of black men doing things in the community, black men trying to make sure that the family sustain them, black men becoming teachers, black men, you know, you hear a lot of these things, and it's just like, well, clearly we're making, we're making some progress, but I feel like, you know, the love component in terms of how we speak about it, that's something that's still is being worked on. And I think that's because a lot of us haven't took the time to reflect on like what love has meant for us up to those points in our lives. And I know right. a lot of men now who are like also at that point where they're realizing that and they're just like, I don't want to be in any relationships till I can like really focus on myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What well, do you think that, uh, when it comes to defining what love is, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of times we have to kind of define that for ourselves because sometimes the, the representation of that that we always see is not always of the best. And so for you, you know, what it, what is your um, idea uh, of what love is and what it consists of? Oh, wow. Like, um, I think... So when I think of love, I think of, um, I think of like my parents, like my parents have been married for 40 years, right? Wow. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, thank you. It, it, it truly is. Cause I think like when I, when I tell people that, and um, I remember telling somebody like my parents were coming to visit me when I was in college and mm-hmm. I think the response that I got immediately from somebody was like, wait, both of them like together. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> seriously. And, um, because that's just how rare that was um, for a lot of my friends and a lot of people um, I, I was around. Like, I was just like my parents, and they'd be like, wait, like, they're together still? I'm just like, well, like, yeah. And so um, I think a lot of that, a lot of my pers- pers- uh, 
perspective on love um, comes from, you know, their relationship having been around that, you know, my entire life, right? Also, um, when somebody said to me not too long ago, which was uh, like, um, if you love somebody, you can deal with them through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Um, so, like, you know, everybody likes, you know, talking about love when um, it's flowers and mm-hmm. roses and hearts. Right. And um, nobody talks about it when it's, you know, um, when it's the argument, you know. And nobody really yeah. wants to talk about it when it's um, the cheating or yeah. the uh, the possibility or question of, of of cheating or, you know, a skeleton in the closet that comes up, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. So I feel like if those three things can be understood um, between people in a relationship, can be can be accepted, can be appreciated, can be valued, um, can be overcome, right. I think um, that would be ideal. Absolutely. And, and for you personally, um, in in at some point in, in our lives, we all experience, uh, unfortunately, some some hurt and pain um, in relationships, and so um, that's always a, a topic it, itself. You know, trying how do you get past that? How do you move forward? Because some people really take it, you know, very crucially, and like you said, that's why we got all these you know songs that were created. So some of us, uh, you know, we, we we definitely go to that playlist. Uh, for you personally. How did, you know, heartbreak affect you and how did you move forward uh, without without it allowing uh, you to, you know, form a negative opinion or thought process about uh, another future relationship? I think for me, and um, it's been it's advice that I've given um, a friend of mine recently and even a student, <laughs> um, <laughs> a mentee, a mentee of mine. And um, I, I jokingly was just like, you know, sometimes you need to have an eat, pray, love moment, right? Mm, very true. Where, um, yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like we can laugh about it, but the reason why we laugh about it is because we know there's some truth to it. And yeah. um, I say it jokingly because I feel like, you know, for me, if I can laugh at something, I have an understanding of it. But in, um, you know, in the movie, she kind of goes through, like, you know, all of those phases, whatever, right? You know, she goes to Europe, tries food. Goes mm-hmm. to, I believe it's like um, India or something. India, like, yeah. <laughs> and then finds this guy, and you know, while she's out there or whatever the case is, when she goes to like uh, Bali or someplace else, uh-huh. or I think it was someplace nearby where she already was. But I feel like um, one of the things with the eat um, component of it, and this is something I really uh, want people to focus on, is really just giving yourself nourishment. Mm-hmm. So. Um, a lot of times when people get out of relationships, one of the things I notice is like they say like, oh, well, we never did anything or we didn't, mm. you know, we didn't plan stuff. So it's like, well, do a little thing that I didn't do. You know what I mean? Do yeah. it by yourself. You know what I mean? Enjoy being in your own company. Um, enjoy what it means to like actually like love yourself. Like, you know, get a manicure, pedicure, get your hair cut, get your hair done, you know, go to a spa. Treat yourself to a meal, go for a walk, you know. For some people, it may be like buying something that they, you know, wanted and never had the opportunity to get. Because So really just taking the opportunity to kind of like look at the things that like were fulfilling to you before you met this person or still are. And um, I think taking the time to seek those things and then getting back into those things and really finding yourself through that um, is is beneficial. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and going back to what you said about sometimes, um, you know, being in that moment of um, being alone and, and, and learning to what, see what that feels like, because oftentimes, especially, and I've had this conversation with, with some of my girlfriends um, over the years about, you know, sometimes we are so used to being connected to someone else or being in a relationship or uh, whatever, you know, that we don't know how to be alone and we don't know what that means and we don't know exactly. what that feels exactly. like because we always, you know, we, you know, you always, you know, needing that companionship or somebody by your side, somebody in your face, you know? And so do you think that that is something that, you know, men and women definitely struggle with on um, the art of just simply being alone and, and being in the presence, you know, of yourself? I think once if once you've been with somebody, I think it's even more difficult. But I think in yeah. general, yes, it is it yeah. is difficult. Especially like you know, I, I I reside in New York City, so it's like you're always around somebody, right? <laughs> you know, so yeah, for for you to travel like you know to an island, for you to travel, you know, to like to like the forest, you know, to to the desert or whatever, and like have mm-hmm. that solitude, it's just like oh snap. Like for some people, it's 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 like it's scary. It's like it's it's legitimate, like like a degree of like shell shock. It's too much for some people, right? Right. You know, having that having that um that serene. But I think, like I was saying earlier, like really just taking the time to enjoy that, to enjoy what it's like to be, you know, even scared to be by yourself. Yeah. I mean, because there may be a point. You, I always look at it like this, right? Everybody, you know, when you're in a relationship, you know, you kind of got to share stuff, right? Right. When you're by yourself, you get to be selfish again. True. And and it's Absolutely. also looked at like as a negative thing, but you know you need your time too. You know you need that time to heal from a relationship. You need that time to rebuild. So yeah, be selfish with your time. Absolutely, absolutely agree with that. And, and you know, with that, I think a lot of times, um, you know, that that comes with a lot of pressure because you know when we get out of relationships, sometimes our friends like, okay, man, when you gonna get back out there? When you gonna get back to dating? You know, it's always that that extra push sometimes that that people put on you. Um, and it, it's so important to make sure that we take that time to. You know, like you said, recenter ourselves because, as you spoke on earlier in the show, you know, because we're attempting to move on so fast, now we're taking the, that past hurt or past frustration or whatever, and now we're getting ready to apply that to a whole new relationship, you know. And a lot of times I think that we can damage new relationships because we haven't let go of the old you know that new relationship has the potential to be great but because you know we have rushed into that situation or we're still feeling some type of way about the last relationship you know we've we've added a new problem to a new situation absolutely it's yeah i think um like i said i think when you dwell on those old things and you bring them back up in any facet Mm -hmm. And I know something too, and I, 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 a lot of guys complain about it. But I think, um, <clears throat> I think the reason why we complain about it is because it's more prominent, and and at least for us, I feel like we probably see it more so than women. But like, friends have a huge influence sometimes on our relationships. Oh, absolutely. I remember somebody explaining to me um, this concept that misery loves company, mm. and you know you hear it all the time, but like to really understand what that means. So it's like. <clears throat> If you're in a relationship and your friends aren't, 
right? Mm-hmm. You have some friends who may be bitter about that. You have some friends who are happy for you. You have some friends who are indifferent. So, you know, when you start bringing yourself around them and you start getting insight from them, you know, that's why a lot of times people say, you know, don't take advice from people who are single. Mm. Because eventually, essentially they want you to be single too. Absolutely. I'm not saying that about all of your friends, but I feel like sometimes in relationships, like your friends try to dictate your relationship. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially and, if it's and, going and, good. And so so when that happens, like when you have people, you know, who who are your friends, like you don't know, be mafia, they may not always have your best interest at heart because they're not necessarily in your relationship. Like yeah, the outsiders looking in and they have a different perspective, which is great. But I think it's important that when people hear those things from their friends, from people outside the relationship, especially when a relationship is going good. I'm not saying every single time. But, like, when a relationship is going good, um, to just really look at it as just, like, suggestions (laughs) and Mm -hmm. options, not things that you got to really take, you know, at its its word, at its worth. I think that um, that happens too often. Absolutely. And and, and I think that especially uh, when we're in relationships is the times that we kind of have to protect our our, our mental state. You know, during that time period, because people can, like you said, people can tell you things, and because I've had, I've had, you know, girlfriends and guy friends in the past, they they've had great relationships, and all it took was that one person to to say, well, he or she should be doing this or that, and they take that information and ap- try to apply it to their relationship, and it causes all type of friction, you know, because they are now trying to change this person that they're with based off of what their friend who is not in a relationship um has told them and has created you know just just a a multitude of issues within their own relationship and that's what i mean like it's just information it's just yeah an idea ideas it's necessarily it's not necessarily anything you have to follow and just really looking at it and understanding it for that like unless it's something where it's like if you're hearing from, like, nine of your friends, people you know from high school all the way out to your college, <laughs> that this thing is not working out, then, yeah, at that point, you probably want to take some consideration. You know, seriously. You know, right. it may not be nine. It may be three. It may be four. Whatever the case is. Right. But if you got to hear it from too many people, then, yeah, you might want to consider it. But if it's, like, you know, one or two people who may feel like, you know, if this was my relationship, you know, this would be a deal breaker. Yeah, that's cool. Uh-huh. That's your relationship. You know what that's I mean? Right. Yep. Yeah, so I, I appreciate your input, but, you know, it's just input. <laughs> you know, and, 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 I, and I feel like if I say no disrespect, that's like a cop-out because you're still going to say it anyway. So it's like you just got to call it for what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. And how do you think we go about um, – encouraging um, our our men of color uh, to become more open and feel free um, to to discuss, um, you know, topics that deal with relationship and hurt and pain that they've experienced. How do we how do we get to that point? How do we start that conversation? Because I think, you know, a lot of times we don't talk to people because we don't always feel supported. And we also don't know how people are going to respond to what it is that we're getting ready to say. So as, as men of color, how do they begin that conversation um, and, and feel comfortable doing that? 
I feel like as men of color, particularly as as African American men, every man that I know has at least one close friend that they talk to about that they talk to everything about. Right. Every one of us. Um, I think one is like definitely following and seeking that friend. Um, two, trying to find some organizations in like local spaces. I know that's something that um that's like a goal of mine in terms of like trying to find like, you know, or find and or just create safe spaces for like men of color because I feel like, you know, because we're still like, you know, boys at heart, we don't really have like, once we get to a certain age, it's like there's no real play. And for some of us, depending on our upbringing, we never had a chance to play in the first place. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like yeah. we, need, we, need, we need those spaces and venues where like, you know, the adage of boys can be boys um fits but also um boys being boys in the sense of us actually like being vulnerable like boys being children um so really finding those those environments for us or creating those environments i think that's important i don't know how or what but in terms of like creating the discussions that's something i'm still working on and it really starts with like just your base like if you have a small circle of friends that you talk with stuff about like one day just right in there. just bring right. it up and just be like yo we always talk about this like yo like do you get mad when your girl don't do the dishes and they make you do it? Like, bring something, stu- bring something stupid or arbitrary up, right? I mean? And and really see where it grows from that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What I want to do is talk about stupid arbitrary stuff anyway. It doesn't hurt to <laughs> throw in throw in a relationship question from time to time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. What I want to do is I want to take a little break, uh, but then we're going to come back, you guys, and we're going to delve into uh, memoirs of a hopeful, uh, romantic, uh, this awesome book um, by Olive Sebastian. And so we're going to get into that after these breaks. So don't go anywhere. Don't forget, if you have a question or a comment, feel free to send those uh, via inbox to me on Facebook um, at Bianca Fly. Um, or you can call in. The number is 347-326-9139 is the number, you guys. So we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back with some more right here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show.
guest. This is Delon White, R&B soul singer of Ambient Records, and you are listening to Bianca Fly on her beautiful Butterfly Radio Show, part of the Vibration Radio Network, where she gives interviews, information, and covers all types of topics. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And tonight, you guys, we are on with um, Olive Sebastian, you guys. He is the author of Memoirs of a Hopeful Romantic. And so I got some um, questions from some of you guys that I'm going to be sharing um, through the show this evening. And we're also um, going to start discussing this book. Uh, Before we get into the book, uh, we have a question from Derek from Atlanta. He says, is it okay uh, for men to talk about their heartbreaks with a woman they potentially could begin to date? He says, sometimes I feel like once I begin to talk about my past heartbreaks, women kind of see me as being too soft or too sensitive. Is this an okay subject or should I not discuss this until I'm seriously into a relationship? I would say anything is open for discussion, but I wouldn't start off a relationship like bringing that up unless it until right. or unless it comes up. You know, when it comes up, then cool. But like, um, in terms of like bringing it up, like you know, you know, people want you want to just be clear about you know their past to move forward, whatever the case is. I think that's important to bring that up at that point. But like just bring right. it up like leisurely, like oh, that reminds me of something my ex used to do, like stuff like that can be. <laughs> No, seriously, stuff like that can be can be really annoying, and it makes you like kind of fixate on well, maybe I shouldn't do that again because clearly that's why they're back. So, right, you know, putting things like that and just being putting things like that out there and just being mindful. Um, well, excuse me, being mindful that it may or may not be in the best interest to start in a relationship. Like if it's flowing and it comes up, cool. Other than right. that, I wouldn't really. Nah. Right. Uh, this one comes from Elijah from Chicago. He says, why is it that women view men um, who express themselves and their emotions sometimes as being soft? He says, I feel like it's kind of a damn you do, damn you don't situation where some women want you uh, to express your feelings while other women feel that some men express themselves too much. I don't know, because it is a double-edged sword, like, you know, because... Um, it is. <laughs> I think, it really is. Yeah, because a lot of it, it is, is also, like, um, a lot of it comes from our perspective our perspective of uh, masculinity. So when people think of, like, masculinity in terms of, like, how you need to conduct yourself as a man, you know, for some people, the last thing to come up would be nurturing. And I think that um, when we show that, when we portray that, you know, it can be taken advantage of or it can be seen as a sign of weakness that, right. you know, you can't really handle yourself if it was to come down to it. 
And uh, I think that's that's another preconceived notion. Um, so I feel like it's one of those things where you really got to strike your own balance and realize, mm-hmm. like, even for yourself, like, how you're, how you're kind of, I guess, how you're, how you're putting out your masculinity. Because for some people, they can say, oh, well, nah, he's not tough enough or whatever the case right. is. But if you're having, like, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they over time they can see, like, oh, but, like, if you're, like, you know, constantly crying and stuff after movies and stuff, it could kind of be seen as, like, nah, he's – because I think it's also – I think it's also – but I think it's also um, a misconception, too, with somebody being passionate about something or someone. Very true. Very and sometimes true. that can seem, like, overbearing, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and you hear that a lot, especially, you know, uh, amongst the ladies in conversation, we hear about, um, you know, that particular guy. And, and sometimes women feel like, uh, well, he's, you know, he's kind of smothering me, you know, and, and, and all these different things. And so uh, a lot of times it goes back to what you say, you know, somebody who's being passionate. Too, gosh, yeah. Too, yeah. 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 You know, and, and you can, you can feel passionate about somebody and you want to show them, you know, that you love them and how much you care about them. But sometimes for some people that comes off as, as being too aggressive or overbearing. So, yeah, it, it's just definitely a double-edged sword along the way. Um, and so let's talk about this journey to memoirs of a hopeful romantic. What encouraged you uh, to put this book together? So it all started <laughs> now um, about two years ago. Because um, <laughs> there are some there are some nuances like that with the poems in the book. But it, um, about like two years ago, so I was living out of state, and um, I was also kind of like at a point of just being miserable because I was really homesick, and um, I just wanted to be back in New York. And I really was concerned about uh, how my parents were doing. So uh, when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, all right, let me try to finish out one more year here. And then I'll move back home. And, um, you know, met somebody in the process. And I was like, oh, wow, you're like, you're kind of dope. And like I said, I was fairly bitter at this time. And, like, mm-hmm. um, I started, like, thinking about, like, nice things to say and, like, pleasantries. And I was like, oh, let me start writing some of this stuff down. And um, I would, like, give them to them uh, via email, text, or, like, on a cute little, like, piece of paper or something um, over time. And so what I did when I moved back, um, I started collecting them, and I started writing more of them. And um, somebody asked me, they said, well, what was your intention, you know, with this person? What was your intention with the poems? And I said, well, I didn't really know. Um, I just wanted to be happy all the time because I thought that was cool (laughs) when I met the person. And then – I also wanted to tell them thank you for, like, kind of give me, like, hope for, like, what love actually is again. So that's why, you know, memoirs of a hopeful romantic. Right. What do you believe is the definition of romance? Um, what is romance in, in your terms? I feel like when people think of romance, they think, like, you know, lovey does and stuff. But I really just think it's um, – it's just when you, I guess, accentuate something that you otherwise wouldn't, when you romanticize something that you otherwise wouldn't hear about. Like, if you ever hear of, like, any, like, classic romantic poetry from, like, 
you know, standard uh, British English, I guess, from like the 1800s, 1700s. Like the way they would describe like a chair is like beautiful. <laughs> right. The way they, right. You know what I mean? The way the way they yeah. describe like you know like just a scene in a room, you know, that puts you in a position of feeling like you're there. So I feel like um, when I think of romance, I think of like you really just being in that moment. And appreciating and valuing, like, just the beauty and the aesthetic of that moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you feel, um, you know, for yourself um, that that you are um, that hopeful romantic? And what what does being a a hopeful romantic uh, mean? I think it's somebody who, you know, sees things and, like, you know, enjoys the aesthetic of it, the beauty of it, and just sits still with it. Like, Like, for me, I would say, like, if I see you know, a couple on the train, you know, with their baby, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of dope. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then kind of right. envisioning, like, what would that look like for myself? You mm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. Questioning what that looks like for some of my friends. Like, one of my friends uh, from high school hit me up recently. You know, uh, he just had a daughter. Oh, wow. A friend of mine from, from, from grad school, from actually from younger than, from longer than that, he just had a, his, his second child as well. So, you know, for me, I'm just like, wow, like, that's dope. Yeah. Really, not not dwelling on it, but really taking the, the, that moment to appreciate and enjoy like what that is, right? And what that Absolutely. means to you on top, you know? Right. Right. And, and did you find that it took you some time to get to that point? Because sometimes you know guys don't, and some girls don't don't get to that point of where they think of things in depth in that magnitude. You know, I know a lot of times, especially when we're in college. Um, sometimes romance is, is the last thing, <laughs> the last thing on our mind when we're in college and, and we're, we're dating, you know, various people or, you know, just, just being, you know, social with beings. And so for you, did it take you some time to get to that point, um, you know, uh, of wanting that romance and wanting to, you know, share that romance with someone? I think, like I said, the, the the bitterness and just being detached from being in a relationship for a long time, and mm-hmm. then actually like meeting somebody and saying like, "Yo, this is actually possible." Yeah. And then just been, and then really just seeing like what that what that felt like, you know, over the course of that year. So like even like with the poems, like they're not they're written in order. That's why it's called memoirs um, of a hopeful romantic because they're written in order of like you know those instances where I really stood and was just like, oh snap. And one of the the great things about this book is on the cover you have um, a flower, but it says "Grow from your pain." How important um, is it that you believe that that we definitely grow from the pain that that we may experience? I think um, I think it's important uh, because, like we talked about from before, like with like negative relationships and bringing out a new relationships. When you when you dwell on those things. You know they follow you. They carry they they carry you. But if it's something that you grow from, you know, yeah, they're gonna be around. But it's not something that's gonna weigh you down as much. So um, right. I, I did a writing workshop, and I remember um, one of the facilitators of the workshop said that um, when you write, you should write from your scars, not your wounds. Mm. Um, if you write from your scars, you write you're writing from a place of of healing. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's, it's scabbed over, right? Um, right. When you're writing from your wounds, it's still open. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're still you're still in that in that moment, in that instance, in that that relationship, if you were that you didn't want that you got out of. So um I think that's important when you look at like just healing from, from anything. You know, to look at it as, you know, where you're at in life, are you at the point of you still having a scar or at the point where you still feel like you have the wound? Absolutely. Uh, one of the um, out of these uh, poems, which one um, did you feel that you definitely poured a lot of uh, of yourself into? Which one um, you found really meant the most to you um, once you finished it? Like once I finished it, I would say um, "Sweetness Hangover," which is like the I'm looking in a book now. It's like the second poem in a book. And then the other poem, this was like the first poem when I like shared it like with people outside of my circle. And um, I was like, wow. Like the response that I got was really, was really dope. And um, mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. It's called Set the Deck. And that was um, me writing about my first experience, like really moving back to New York and realizing like, oh, snap, there's like tons of beautiful women in this city. <laughs> what, what, like, like, and really just being caught off guard, and then having that moment, and being caught off guard, and then still thinking about her at the same time. I think, um, cause I actually, I, I was walking down the street, and I like stopped. Um, I was around like forty seconds. I stopped in Bryant Park. It was like in uh, like the back end of summer, and I just sat mm-hmm. and started writing it because I was just that caught off guard, and it was one of those things where it was just like I just have to like get it out of my head. <laughs> I think um I think one of my favorite was uh and it kind of makes you smile and and, and kind of giggle um, like a teenager when you read it um it, it's sweetness hangover. Um uh, I, I think that's uh, one of my faves um uh from the book. Um Wait, did you say sweetness. Giggle? <laughs> yeah, like nah, it, it gives you you know what I mean? Like it makes you, you know, kind of giggle because you like the the just, just the wording. I guess the wordplay, you know, makes you giggle because it's kind of like somebody writing you. You know, back in the day when you you were in school and you had that crush or whatever, write you a little letter. You know, that was and, and that was kind of the premise behind it. Okay, actually. okay, um, okay. It was actually <laughs> the first poem that I had wrote, and I remember somebody. Um, I was telling one of my friends about it, and it was like, "Yo, bro, don't send it." And I'm like, what do you mean don't say it? It's like, nah, don't send it. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. So like, yeah, I'm gonna do it anyway. But now, nah, um, it was one of the first, like that was like one of the first poems that like um that I, I really took time on and, and, and yeah. wrote. It. it was actually, yeah. I think that was also like the first poem I actually gave to her finally. It was just like here. Um, actually, the second, third, and fourth poem I like gave the first poem that's in there. I think I like was something I, like, really sat with intention on. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny that you just say giggle. It just caught me off guard. But it did. Yeah. That, that, was, it, that was the intention yeah. to really give it that old feel, that old vibe. It did. Um, I definitely I definitely got it. I definitely got that feel from from remembering back in the day in, in middle school and elementary. The old cheesy pickup yeah. line everything. I was, I was everything, but like, what's your sign and all of that stuff? Yeah, yeah, that was the intention. Absolutely, was, and you know how like people used to fold the letters a certain type of way, and you know all the all those different things, and so 
yeah, it definitely took me back. I was like, and so I just kind of laughed and chuckled to myself, like, wow, this really, you know, takes you back of, 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 you know, that feeling of, of what it was like when somebody, you know, just kept it real and expressed, you know, how they felt about you and, you know, just had you feeling all different type of emotions. And so I thought it was um, a phenomenal piece. And so, um, what memoirs um, of a hopeful romantic? What do you hope that that readers are able to take away um, from this book? Um, the the main thing is that vulnerability is cool. You know what I mean? It's definitely something that you gotta be mindful of because um, it is it, it's an ability. But at the same time, you gotta be mindful of how you go about with that ability. Um, but it's actually not as bad as people think because when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you allow yourself to be open, other opportunities come to you that you otherwise uh, may not have had access to prior. So, um, yeah, just give vulnerability a shot. Absolutely. I love it. And so for the, for the, the, the men of color uh, that you've been um, talking about this evening, what would be your words of encouragement to those who, you know, may be struggling to to find that that moment where they can, you know, truly be open and express their, um, their feelings and emotions, you know, despite what they went through? What would be your words of encouragement to those men? Same thing. Like with women, like bro, like take care of yourself before you um, yeah. you get involved in anything else. Because even for us, like you know, when we break up, you know, we break up. Like we don't want to talk person, we want to see the person. <laughs> you know, first thing, right. first thing, one of our friends is like, "Yo, bro, like let's go out or let's go work out." Like those mm-hmm. are the two options for us. Like it's always right. something on like occupying like the time. Like yo, like you might you might have a moment where you need to like go in your room and just like just stay to yourself. But I think also that can become toxic because we internalize so much already. Mm, so um, I would definitely reach out. If you have, like, a female friend, like, you know, like a friend friend, not like, you know, like a side piece, like your actual friend, um, I would confine in one of them um, and just the women in your life because it may be something that you're not seeing about yourself too. Absolutely. Um, and really Absolutely. just really just sitting with that. So I think, you know, that would be those. that's the best advice that I could give. Like, you know, really checking in with those women in your life that you respect, um, who hold you accountable and just saying like, yo, what, what am I doing wrong? What did I, what did I miss out? Or as well as, um, really just checking in with yourself and also taking care of yourself. Self care is the best care. So, you know, if you got to go to the barbershop, you know, you know, you was in there like three days ago, go ahead and get another lineup. (laughs) (laughs) Like take care of yourself. No, like, you know, yeah. Do something Absolutely. that's going to make you feel fulfilled. Like, actually go do something. You know what I mean? Don't, 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 you know, become a slouch in the bar. Like, go do something. Absolutely. Because it does, you know, and, and it's one of those things, like, especially as women. And I can remember, I can remember, you know, going through heartbreak and thinking I'm just going to, you know, sit in the house. I'm going to get, you know, order some pizza, ice cream. You know, just, you know, and, and you think about it. You're doing all this to yourself. You know, and and eventually you you have to get up and you have to move forward. You know, because you know each day is a new day, and especially but depending on you know how long we've been in a relationship with somebody after a heartbreak, it can really you know weigh us down. 
Uh, but, you know, for me, I always found the best way to move forward is that that constant distraction. And, and, and it's okay to have those moments where you're, you're feeling what's happening and what's going on, but to, you know, like you said, go out, treat yourself, go hang out with people, go do stuff, you know, to, to get your mind off of, because it can really, you know, overcome us if we allow it to. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, um, doing those things that are fulfilling for you, like I was saying earlier, the things that you weren't able to do when you were with that person, the things that you wanted to do before you met that person, go do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, for the folks out here, um, they want to go and they want to purchase memoirs of a hopeful romantic. Um, Tell them um, where they could go to purchase it. Um, you can um, find the book um, on my site, uh, bit.ly um, backslash Olave Sebastian, O-L-A-V-E-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-E-N. Um, you can also get it off of, um, Amazon, and I believe it might have just popped up on Barnes & Noble, but it's definitely on Amazon. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so definitely, um, y'all, go get that book. Um, and I'm telling you, I'm telling y'all, ladies, Sweetness hangover. Watch, you're gonna have a lot of ladies who're gonna be hitting you up like, man, I'm just, I'm just giggling my way reading this <laughs> uh, because it does, and and I like that. I love that, you know, because I think that sometimes in today's time we get away of what that feeling and that sense of, you know, just 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 happiness and and, and love feels like. You know, and so it's always great to be able to read something that, you know, reassures your faith in in, in that love and romance and all these different things, you know, are possible. Um, So I think it's amazing and um, I love uh, your pieces. And so um, I know we got a new year um, coming upon us. And so um, what are some things you hope? Um, to do for the new year. Is there any plans for another book? What's in store for um, Olave? Um, definitely working on another book um, as well as a, uh, a web page. Uh, okay. Like I said that we'll have some of those resources on there for men of color. Um, free, safe space for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely love it. And um, I definitely want to Thank you so much uh, for coming on here this evening, and uh, you guys make sure you go and purchase this book. And um, Olave, tell the folks how they can go about um, connecting with you as far as um, social media. Um, like I said, the Bitly site and uh, my Instagram. I usually um, check that, you know, maybe like once or twice a day, uh, as well as the Facebook page, which is also linked to the Bitly. But um, my Instagram is rare underscore o godly awesome 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 so you guys uh, make sure you go and support him and definitely uh, be on the lookout for what's to come in the new year and once again thank you so much for coming on here this evening I truly enjoyed having you on the show and like I said I definitely love um, the poetry that you put into this book and um, I just love your mission uh, you know, your mission to uh, create that open dialogue amongst, um, especially men of color, um, about feelings and emotions, romance, and, and just being open and free to discuss uh, various things. So I, I definitely appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. 
Thank you again for having me. I, I do appreciate it. And um look forward to hearing about the opportunities that you have as well, as well as the growth that you got going on with your show. So congratulations to us both in the new year. Oh, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. And you have a great rest of your evening, and I'll be talking with you again soon. You do the same. Peace. All right. All right, you guys. That was Olive Sebastian. Make sure you go and check out Memoirs of a Hopeful Romantic. Um, I'm going to be posting that link so that you guys can purchase it. I'm telling you, ladies, you're going to want to read this poetry. And, fellas, go ahead and purchase uh, a couple copies. Uh, Christmas is coming up. No better time. Uh, then to treat some folks. And so with that said, folks, we're going to get ready to get out of here. I hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of your week. And we'll see you guys real soon right over here at the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I am Bianca Fly. You guys have a great one. I just want to show you how much I appreciate you. Want to show you how much I'm dedicated to you. Want to show you how much I will forever be true. Want to show you how much you got your girl feeling good. Want to show you how much, how much you understood. Want to show you how much I value what you say. Not only are you loyal, you're patient with me, babe. Want to show you how much I really care about your heart. Oh.